5: Failure
6: is not an option. What difference at this point
7: does it make?
8: Nobody said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. Not of this world so we live on the run It happened before
6: it will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have.
0: Hey and welcome. This is Real Talk and I'm your host, Audrey Russo, and this is where the best in the arts and culture get it right. Besides me singing on the intro there, that was Toby Mac with Unstoppable. And we have three fabu guests for you. Although little is being said by the media about our southern border, we still need a wall. Is there a viable solution? And here's the question many are asking. Was there Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election? Well, the answer is yes, but it's not what you think. Number one best-selling, well, actually it's number one New York Times best-selling author, of Silent No More. Dr. Jerome Corsi will be here to clue us in. Plus, have you experienced brokenness in your life? Whether it is financial, relationships, sickness, abuse, or death of a loved one, or all of the above, sometimes we can't help but wonder, does the God who created me have something greater for me? We'll find out the answer to that with best-selling author Paula White Cain as she shares about her remarkable journey of faith and something greater, finding triumph over trials. And Rick Gates joined the Trump campaign with Paul Manafort, with whom he had worked for some time. In fact, Gates' first career job was as an intern for Manafort's firm. So when the Mueller investigation charged Paul Manafort, they also investigated Gates, and eventually Gates took a plea deal. We'll find out more from world-renowned producer and author Daphne Barak in her new bestseller, To Plea or Not to Plea. But first, Mr. P. <laughs> yes, to yes, to, uh, yeah, yeah. To,
8: to Plea or Not, not to, to Plea. Play, I Mr. like that P. title. Yeah, yeah, I'm I right I love here. It. I'm right here in the studio to the great dismay of many liberals.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course we're a proud part of the new Mojo 50 Radio Network. After the show, just go to Mojo50.com and check out the schedule and the awesome shows and hosts on Mojo 50 Radio. You can also hear us on our flagship station WDDQ Talk ninety two point one along with such shows as Michael Savage, Mark Levin, Laura Ingram, and so on. And you can also find us on WLBB News Talk Radio, 1330 AM and 106.3 FM in Georgia. And on Friday nights on WJHC Talk, 107.5 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are now on iHeart Radio, so you can find us there on their app anytime and catch up on all our shows. And we are also now on iTunes, so you can find us there as Real Talk with Audrey Russo. Click subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And of course, we can be found every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Just go to AudreyRusso.com and click on the honor button and that will take you to the show. And my after show with all the links and contacts for the guests is right there on that page under the show description. Isn't that true, Mister P?
8: Yeah, it's all there for you to peruse and to take a look at. All the links, contacts for the guest is right there on that page under the show description. That's for you, for your benefit, because you can look it up, you can get the information, and you can go attack liberals with it and make <laughs> me happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and of course, fellow deplorables, we are. We've said it before. We'll say it again. And that's how you win by what? Not practicing? Don't practice political correctness. It's self-imposing censorship. Why would you do that? Look, no one at this point can force you to censor your own language. It's your constitutionally protected speech. The left has been capitalizing on your obedience to them. They tell you to shut up or change your language, and you do. Why are you doing that? This is not a new concept. In the 1880s, George MacDonald, who, by the way, influenced C.S. Lewis, said, the two pillars of political correctness are, one, willful ignorance, and two, a steadfast refusal to face the truth. Well, our founders knew this. They were prescient men. George Washington once said, if the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. And if you know this, Mr. P, he said, if freedom, if the freedom of speech is taken away. Yeah, but, but when yeah. you practice political correctness, you're giving it away.
8: That's exactly what you're doing. You're just giving it away, and that's just not a good thing. It's a it's a profound sign of weakness, something that we should never, ever do. Ever, ever. Uh, Washington, of course, as always, was spot on.
0: Yeah. And as my friend and comedian Brad Stein has said numerous times, how do you stop political correctness, Mr. P?
8: You simply have to stop doing it, get a spine, because political correctness, as I have said many, many times, is... The opiate of the coward. It's no good for you. It's no good for Western civilization. It's no good for America. It's counter to the cause of freedom and liberty. And let me remind you of something, and this is crucial. Just because you want to preserve Western civilization based on Judeo-Christian precepts and dogmas, that does not make you a racist. It does not. I'll tell you what it makes you. It makes you a culturist. Someone who is proud of his culture. And the Judeo-Christian culture is something to be proud of. And I'll tell you why. Because it has lifted more people out of poverty and freed more people from the grip of tyranny than any other culture in the history of mankind. That's why it is worth defending.
0: Amen. And speaking of amen... (laughs) Do you pray? If you do, I'm going to give you some things for your prayer list. Our troops. Pray for our troops. They're still out there. Thank God they're still out there. Well, remember something that uh, over the eight years of Obama, detrimental changes were made that damaged troop morale and and military readiness. And, of course, this president. Has been doing a great deal.
8: Yes, he has, especially
0: with the presidential uh, pardons.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that is, shows them that he has their backs.
8: Yeah, it shows it shows military personnel that we have a commander in chief that actually has their back and actually cares for them and their families. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's very important.
0: Exactly. Also, don't forget to pray for our troops' direct support system, military families. Never forget our veterans, especially our disabled veterans. And, uh, well, we know that this president has not forgotten our veterans, and will never. And since we're talking about the president, keep the president in your prayers. I think he's the most prayed for president of our time. Uh, We send him, remember, we send him to Washington to drain the swamp. He's our proxy. So when they spew hatred at him, well, it's really toward us. And here's a quick caveat about compromise with the opposition. It's fine to compromise on simple things like vacations, right? And, yeah. Right? and uh, Or restaurants where you eat. But, here's the big but, when you compromise on policies that make laws that you live under, you're working from a position of weakness. I don't send politicians to D.C. to compromise. They don't even say that when they're campaigning. Do they send me to D.C. and I'll compromise? No. (laughs) They say, uh, I send them there to fix what years of compromise have done to this country. I don't compromise with policies that I believe are evil for this country, its citizens, and freedom. So when it comes to policy, no compromise, period. It's time for conservatives to stop having an opinion but rather live by conviction, because an opinion, of course, is superficial. It blows any which way that the wind blows, but conviction is a fixed or firm belief by which one acts. And we have a perfect example of a lack of conviction in the Congress. See, look, this that's the benefit of a bad example. Mm-hmm. There you go. They tickle the ear of their constituents, and I guess there's a lot of ear tickling going on since next next year is an election year. But when it comes, you know, and after the election, uh, they act like careerists when uh, and sacrifice nothing when it comes to doing actually doing what they've promised, right? Especially if it might hurt their plans for an advanced career. Forget about serving the American people, which is what we pay them for. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's time to put on your man pants and make the sacrifice that a conviction takes. Well, one of our brilliant founders, and of course they were all brilliant. Just try to read what they wrote, okay, if you ever doubt that. Uh, But one of those brilliant men, Benjamin Franklin, said, after signing the Declaration of Independence, which of course gave us We didn't have a revolution. We had a war of independence. That is correct. And it started with the Declaration of Independence where we separated ourselves from, we didn't overturn the government there, okay? We separated ourselves Mm -hmm. from the crown. And he said, to show you how sobering an act this was, he said, if we do not hang together, we shall surely hang separately And we just want to say we're glad you came to hang with us. Thanks for hanging. (laughs) Okay. So the count of the lie for this week is Dan Cathy, who, by the way, is is the owner of uh, Chick-fil-A. Dan Cathy recently told Franklin Graham that Chick-fil-A has not abandoned its Christian foundation. Well, that's a lie. And here's why. The the man who put that company in place, okay, with its Christian foundation, which now is shattered, was Truett Cathy, mm-hmm. who passed in 2012. And look at that. As of 2014, two years after his father, the founder of Chick-fil-A, died, Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy, has been secretly, covertly caving to the LGBT, LMNOP, pressure and failed to let their Christian franchise owners know this, nor the bulk of their customers, who happen to be Christian, who go out of their way to patronize the company for their bold Christian stance. They, They failed to tell them what they were doing. They covertly removed charitable donations from Christian organizations like the Salvation Army, and of course, they're what the fellowship of Christian athletes is numerous ones. And also, let's also remember, remember we talked
8: about this once before yeah. uh, the Paul Anderson Youth, youth home. home, which is a very, very important youth home, very important ministry.
4: Yeah,
8: uh, they take in young boys; they set their lives straight on a good moral path and a lot of these young boys end up becoming military leaders. Right. They go into the service, they become military leaders, so yeah. a vital, very important yeah. ministry that yeah. is.
0: Right, exactly. And so they uh, so so covertly they removed ch- charitable donations from Christian organizations like that because the LGBT bullies saw saw these organizations as hate groups, okay? Salvation Army hate group, okay? All right. Again, covertly they began giving donations to extreme leftist organizations like Covenant House. Covenant House, that sounds nice, right? But they mm-hmm. are what? Big supporters of the big k- time. of gay pride. They even had a float in the gay pride parade. Yeah, yes. And also big supporters of of
8: pedophilia. A- and a- as you mentioned, the Covenant House is a big Supporter and financial backer of the Gay Pride Parade in New York City. Yeah. It even goes beyond the float. They finance a lot of that parade. Yeah. And the Covenant House is where children go and live.
0: Yeah.
8: Now think about that. This is an organization that espouses pedophilia, supports every gay pride movement across the country. Yeah, yeah. And what do they do? They house young children. <laughs> that's, now, if that's not enough to make uh, you angry. I yeah. don't know what is. Well,
0: but they, then you have, you know, but here, uh, ooh, whoops, oops, right? Ooh. Oops, Dan, Dan Cathy ooh. kind of forgot all that stuff, right? Okay, then they're also giving to organizations that espouse open borders. Mm. Are we all encouraged now? Uh If that's not bad enough, they donate money to... The Friends of Refugees which provides halal meals for Islamic refugees. What what is halal, Mr. P?
8: Halal is food that is prepared according to Islamic law which is Sharia. Sharia law states that Christians, Jews, women and children have no rights. They are basically subhuman. Yeah,
0: here we go. And if that hasn't made your skin crawl yet, or reach down to your throat to pull out the chicken bone. Pack <laughs> okay. it up. They, they also donate money to the beast on the East River. Ooh, the U- I know. The Ooh. UN, especially UNICEF. This is beyond disgusting. Dan Cathy is a disgrace. Uh, he's dishonored his father's memory. He's lied to the supporters uh, to th- to their customers, they lied. They allowed everyone to believe that they were standing on uh, Christian principles, but they're just filthy liars. They're filthy liars. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. Also, I can't say it. I can't be nice about this. Let, I, let I just, think it's disgusting. Uh, and I'll tell you, if I could reach down into my system and take out every bit of Chick-fil-A that I've ever eaten, I would do it, but I can't.
8: And- Let me just give you a quick reminder here. The United Nations is an organization that is one of the biggest abusers of children worldwide.
0: Boom. Okay. Um, uh, Let's jump across the pond here for a second. The London Bridge is falling down again. A, uh, a, A terrorist, Islamic terrorist, who had early release in London, goes on a stabbing spree on the London Bridge, kills two and injures three. Oh, look at that. Spree three. I didn't know it rhymes. Poet don't know it. The Islamic mayor, Sadiq Khan of uh, of London, his reaction? What was his reaction, Mr. P?
8: London's diversity is its strength.
0: Excuse me. What the freak uh, does I, that I, mean? I, I don't even what know What does that have I, to do with, with what this guy did? What, what in the world does that mean? You know, they, they just, they blather things out like, like parrots, you know? Because parent doesn't need a brain to keep well,
8: okay, repeating if things. I, if I may, London's diversity is its yeah. weakness because this mayor believes and... It's no, it not- says
0: London's diversity is its strength. No,
8: but it's actually its weakness. Boom, okay. Okay, this, this mayor, along with uh, other politicians in London and in Great Britain believe that the more Islamic refugees that go to London will make London better. Actually, it has made London an extremely dangerous place because those Muslim refugees Mm. do not share Western values. They are violently antithetical to Western values, and that's exactly why London is falling down.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, sadly for our friends over there because we do have, uh, you know, cousins across the pond. They um, who are dying to get out of there now. They know it's over, uh, sadly, because uh, the, the government is gone. So uh, well, you know, I talk here about the uh, impeachment hoax. So uh, first, it was in the uh, Intel committee, right, yeah. where they were keeping s- secret from the from. It was just nonsense, and there was no crime, okay? So what do they do? Now Nadler, the lunatic, takes takes it up in the Judiciary Committee. They had three lawyers before them, and one of them was Jonathan Turley. And, well, we're going to let him speak for himself. This is what he had to say, and uh, I think he pretty much made a fool of them. So uh, just, uh, we're, we're going to play this, and we'll come right
5: back. If you impeach a president, if you make a high-crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts it is an abuse of power it's your abuse of power you're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing you're saying article one gives us complete authority that when we demand information from another branch it must be turned over or we'll impeach you in record time now making that worse is that you have such a short investigation it's a perfect storm You set an incredibly short period, demand a huge amount of information, and when the president goes to court, you then impeach him. Now, does that track with what you've heard about impeachment? Does that track with the rule of law that we talked about? So, on obstruction, I would encourage you to think about this. In Nixon, it did go to the courts, and Nixon lost. And that was the reason Nixon resigned. He resigned a few days after the Supreme Court ruled against him in that critical case. But in that case, the court recognized there are executive privilege arguments that can be made. It didn't say, you had no right coming to us. Don't darken our doorstep again. It said, we've heard your arguments. We've heard Congress's arguments. And you know what? you lose, turn over the material to Congress. Do you know what that did for the judiciary is it gave this body legitimacy. It wasn't the Rodino extreme position that only you decide what information can be produced. Now, recently there are some rulings against President Trump, including a ruling involving Don McGahn. Mr. Chairman, I testified in front of you a few months ago And if you recall, we had an exchange, and I encouraged you to bring those actions. And I said I thought you would win. And you did. And I think it was an important win for this committee, because I don't agree with President Trump's argument in that case. But that's an example of what can happen if you actually subpoena witnesses and go to court. Then you have an obstruction case, because a court issues an order. And unless they stay that order, by a higher court, you have obstruction. But I can't emphasize this enough, and I'll say it just one more time. If you impeach a president, if you make a high crime and misdemeanor out of going to the courts, it is an abuse of power. It's your abuse of power. You're doing precisely what you're criticizing the president for doing, We have a third branch that deals with conflicts of the other two branches. And what comes out of there and what you do with it is the very definition of legitimacy.
0: Wow. I don't think that's what uh, Nadler was looking for. No,
8: no, that was a that was a major smackdown.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. I mean, come on. These again, this entire process is illegitimate because they have been calling for his impeachment the night he was elected. You don't play like this. This is this is an insult to our entire system that you would try to impeach a president because you don't like him because this, you don't want. Yeah, what, are you, yeah. what are you three years old?
8: L- th- <laughs> th- that's exactly right because Trump said this impeachment is bad for the country. It's making us look ridiculous, but it's great for me when it comes to re-election. And if this is what the Democrats want, well, you know what? They're going to pay a heavy price. And The only thing I have to say about that is amen.
0: Amen to that. Thanks, Mr. P. We're going to take a quick break right here, but stay right there. Up next, celebrated author, teacher, and TV personality Paula White Cain will be here to discuss her new bestseller, something greater. So don't make a move. We'll be right
4: back. Before I got the opportunity to come to Workshops for Warriors, I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy for five years, had two combat deployments. I got out in August 2014. Things didn't really work out as planned. I had a hard time getting back into the civilian life. I really didn't have a lot going on for me. I had just failed out of college. I didn't have any certifications to transfer over to the civilian sector in the medical field. So I was kind of in a dark place. And once I came to Workshops for Warriors, it gave me hope again. I've earned over 15 nationally recognized certifications in the manufacturing and welding industry. Since then I've gotten a job offer, making really good money, and it's definitely changed my life a lot. And I was in a very dark place before I met Hernan, and this is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Workshops for Warriors, it really saved my life.
2: Workshops for Warriors is a school in San Diego that trains and certifies veterans into advanced manufacturing careers, all at no cost to the veteran. They leave with portable and stackable nationally recognized credentials. Visit WFWUSA.org to learn more.
0: I'd like to introduce you to the Scott Valerie Soldiers Memorial Fund, founded in 2005 by Major General Paul Vallely and Muffin Valerie. Our mission is to recognize and honor our members of the Armed Forces, veterans, and their families for sacrifices made in the service of our country with scholarships, aiding rehab centers, and sending care packages to veterans overseas. Over 90% of every dollar goes to veterans who are in need. Join and support the Soldiers Memorial Fund today. Go to www.soldiersmemorialfund.org. Thank you. May the magic of Christmas bring you happiness and joy.
7: Happiness and joy. Have a Merry
6: Christmas. Mojo
5: 50 Rusty, stop bouncing your knee, you're shaking the floor What are you talking about, Leroy? I'm just sitting here, that's not me Well, what's vibrating the floor? Coffee! Coffee, coffee, coffee! I love American Fried Roasters coffee Chris, how much coffee have you had, man? I can see sounds Be right back
0: Order today, and you can get our once-in-a-lifetime,
5: everyday low price. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com.
1: Hi there. Watson Prunier here from Battle for Freedom. Friedrich August von Hayek once stated, We must face the fact that the preservation of individual freedom is incompatible with a full satisfaction of our views of distributive justice. Battle for Freedom is about providing and proving that the fundamental principles of liberty go well beyond a political party. This is a middle-of-the-road point of view that tries to remain as unbiased as possible, with a few exceptions. Battle for Freedom airs Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mojo 50 Radio, covering topics about truth, faith, politics, and more. Join me on Battle for Freedom as we explore how we can approach society in the best way possible while making all people free at no expense to the freedoms and liberties of our fellow Americans.
3: You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. And if you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the
5: world.
9: JDRF.org. Hi, y'all. This is Charity Daniels, and you are listening to Aubrey Russo on Real Talk. You leave it right where it's at. You'd be glad you did.
0: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Have you experienced brokenness in your life? Whether it's financial, relationship, sickness, abuse, or death of a loved one, or all of the above. Sometimes we can't help but wonder, does the God who created me have something greater for me? Well, we're going to find out the answer to that question with my next guest as she shares about her remarkable journey of faith in what she calls a love letter to God from a once messed up Mississippi girl. Paula White Cain is a celebrated author, teacher, pastor, and TV personality. As a leader, she is a recipient of countless awards and honors, including the Rosa Parks Award, the Trumpet Award and the Florida Governor's Award for her service in the aftermath of the Pulse nightclub shootings in 2016. Her best-selling books include You're All That, Understand God's Design for Your Life, Dare to Dream, Understand God's Design for Your Life, and her brand-new bestseller, Something Greater, Finding Triumph Over Trials. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome... To Paula White Kane.
10: I love it. I love it, Audrey. It's so <laughs> great to be with you and to all your listeners. I'm excited to be on with you guys
0: today. Oh, it's so great to have you with us. Isn't it Wouldn't you love to wake up to that instead of alarm clock, right, every day? That, that I, hey, I'm I'm gonna get that setting somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it really is so great to have you with us. Yeah, listen, um, I have to say, uh, what, I'm really, I tell you the truth, I'm not saying enough when I say, this is an incredible book. Thank you for your transparency. Well, it's your transparency in your journey. I connected to your story in so many ways, as I'm sure many listeners will. Um, Was this difficult for you to write? It was the most difficult thing I've ever done.
10: Um, 35 years of ministry, a life that's had highs and lows and everything else, as you described, um, from extreme brokenness to extreme blessings. I mean, uh, it has definitely been a life of extremity. Um, It was hard to uh, know what to put in the book, what not to put in the book, what was, you know, you have your own personal stories and go, now. God, is this important? Is this going to magnify and glorify you? Because I think I could have written 10 volumes with the life life I've lived. But it really came down to not being, yes, it's my story, but it's really God's story. Mm -hmm. It's all of our story. And somewhere I believe that the listener can relate to it because it's what God can do through humanity. And humanity can get really messy at times. You know, you can get really, <laughs>
7: yeah, um,
10: it, it, none of us wake up and think, man, I want to derail my life or I want to be born into this situation. Right. And I talk about from the very beginning, I was born into a very well-to-do family, mother very educated, two masters and a doctorate, but my father committed suicide when I was five years old. And um, so... A lot of abandonment issues begin, two and two didn't add up to four. If you love me so much, why would you leave me? And when you're left at five years old to come up with your own conclusions, Mm -hmm. you know, the enemy, and I say Satan, is really good at putting those false labels and lies into our head that Mm -hmm. we take on as beliefs it's those ABCs of an activation that becomes a belief that creates consequences and cycles in our life. And I went right into that pattern. And so what would, I wanted what everybody wanted. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't grow up in any form of spirituality or religion whatsoever. It was just, um, you know, be morally responsible, whatever that interpreted (laughs) to, which was pretty loose in my life. (laughs) And, um, So basically, I I said, Well, what do you love? Because I wanted what everybody wants. Am I loved? Am I valued? Mm. Am I safe? And I think that's what the heart of humans cry out and only can really be filled with a relationship with God. I mean, when we get down to the core of uh, how do we really fill those basic human needs, whether you're here in Africa or South America, right. I found out that people are not all that different at the core. And so for me, I you know tried to find it. it, it do you love a straight A student? Is it if I am this size, this weight? Is it if I... Sleep with you, or you know, what? what right. is it that you love? Where were I found value? You know, I only kept finding myself empty. And at 18 years old, I had a really radical transformation. I was in college, I went over, of course, my story always has a guy in it, but it lands with the right guy. <laughs> <to wait>. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, have this amazing um, encounter with God. I, I'm chasing this guy. Um, we're you know, it's summer before college, and so I'm we're in first semester or whatever it was. And I go over to his, grandmother's house, and his uncle looked me in my eyes and said, I have the answer to your questions and the solution to your pain and problems. And Audrey, I was quite defensive. And he began to tell me stuff I really did not want to hear. I have to be <laughs> honest. I mean, he was telling me kind of what a bad person I felt. I, well, this is my interpretation. You know, I'm a right. sinner. I'm like, what in, what in the world is that? You know, and of course now, 35 years later, I realize that means you've missed the mark. Yeah. That There's this bullseye that God has for each one of us. And we can only get to that place in God through a real relationship with him, which he extends to us um, through his son, Jesus. And, and for me, that's how I encountered uh, my first taste of spirituality, an awakening, a revelation that God was real. And so he told me that, you know, that I'd been on the wrong path. and But he showed me the right path and that there really was a God that loved me, had a plan for me, cared about me. And I had a true awakening, and people can debate that, argue that, try to explain that. But when you experience that Mm -hmm. yourself and you find God, it's undebatable. So for me, I walked outside, and for the first time, it was like, I had, you know, I just, my granddaughter is three years old and she, or she was, you know, three going on 30. <laughs> and I, she wanted to watch The Wizard of Oz. I'm like, That's, you're too little. But she wanted to watch the old one in black and white that goes Technicolor, you know. Right. So I, it reminded me of that. And all of a sudden it was like my life was black and white and I knew love for the first time. I mean, real love. And I walked out, and the grass was green and the sky was blue. I went to a couple churches, and I know we'll get to the nitty gritty of it, but I, you know, it was like I'm 18 years old, almost 19, and most people are 60 or 70, which is young now. But of course, back then, everyone was old (laughs) to me. I went, I need that book. I need that book. And I grabbed that book. It was a Bible. And I began to read. I didn't know where to start. You know, I think I just opened it up, flipped it to a page, didn't know how to read it, interpreted it. But I did pray a prayer, and I said, God, show me who you are. Show me who I am and show me what life is all about. And it genuinely began a process of of restoring uh, to me the brokenness of my childhood, putting me on a path of purpose. I started by feeding with an advocate down in D.C. that was named Mitch Schneider. and Somebody had given me a turkey, I took half of it and went down and started feeding the homeless. That would lead to working in the inner city ministry, whether it was after Rodney King, um I'm in Watts and Ingerson Garden and Jordan Downs and see over fifty thousand people come to the Lord and taking kids into a studio that had never even been in a bus, yet alone seen a highway, you know, and, and just seeing lives transformed or building the second largest church in the nation or I mean, incredible things. Traveling to over 100 countries and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and just really helping people be empowered and find their purpose. And, And something greater is a lot to do with that. Something greater the premises is about God has put eternity in our heart, a divine sense of purpose, yet man cannot fathom it. And so while it's there, there has to be an awakening to it. So if I can help someone discover or define or develop, what is your why in life, your supreme Mm -hmm. reason for being? Because until you know that, I think there's an eternal search and maybe even an emptiness. And then the vulnerability of being so open and real and raw, the hope of something greater is that it's not necessarily that God has a bigger house or a bigger car, better job, might be inclusive of that, but something greater is no matter what your season No matter how dark it gets or how desperate, God is not finished with you. And I went through a deep depression, lost 30 pounds. My world was rocked out of control. Everything that represented any kind of stability, security, and and even God to me was completely shaken to its core. Audrey, I can stand many years later, over a decade and a half, 15 years later, and say, the greatest blessing in my life is God loved me enough to reduce me to Christ. Now, back then, when you're walking through something, mm. even when I was writing this, which took me nine years, two years of actual writing, it was very hard because you understand, you don't understand, because life is not fitting into your nice little faith box, you know? <laughs> <No. laughs> no. And that, that, that's hard, because mm-hmm. we have expectations, though we want to act like we don't. Well, if I You know, this is how, you know, it turns out when I serve God and and totally surrender. And yet faith doesn't prevent life, it carries us through. And so something greater is that our portion is peace. Portion is goodness and love and joy. Our portion is restoration and redemption. That's our portion that God is a good God. It's his grace and it's his mercy. And so standing on this side, yes, I mean, people would say, you're the overcomer. You always land on your feet, you know, and you always land, or they'll say, fall into something better. But no, I think God is very strategic, and there's not anything coincidence that all of our days, according to Psalm 139, verse 16, were ordained before one of them came into being. Yes. So something greater is sometimes there's those deconstructive places in our life or a reconstructive process to take place to bring us into a better being, and that
0: spiritually, emotionally, and in every way in our life. Yes, I I love that line that that faith doesn't prevent life, it carries us through, because one of the most emotional parts of your story uh, to read um was the childhood abuse you endured um thank you for your openness about that i think yeah. for those who have secretly endured this abuse it's reading this is like an escape hatch for them to face their own brokenness did did you imagine it would be used by god to help free other victims of this abuse i do
10: now you know when i when you go through it i was i was really confused as a young girl and an adult i mean i write pretty um, it's the most open I've written about my abuse situation. When my father's death happened, my mother became an alcoholic. Uh, we were left with caretakers. And then I had people, you know, she'd say, this is uncle so-and-so, you know. And and she was successful in her professional life. And my mother came from a lot of broken background, a lot of broken background. So I had to come to that reckoning too because it, when you are abused you feel like the people who are to watch over you and be there for you right. um you know how could you miss these signs right i mean i had every sign of between you know being way too sexually advanced of wetting the bed single. on i mean masturbation I, I hope i'm not being too open here but yeah, i just go, go very much into detail about the signs of what it was and and so i was not consistently, but from 6 to 13 years old, abused. And there was a portion of time that was very, very brutal abuse. And so um, it, it messes you up pretty bad. And, and so do I think so now? I absolutely know so that God has taken what the enemy meant for bad and for my absolute destruction. Um, and he's turned it around for his good. Now, that's taken a lot of work on my part to surrender to God to allow his word to work in me and a lot of good counseling and a lot of inner healing that takes place because those are you know i i, I say this and it's hard sometimes you, you either become a victim or a victor yes. and i have a scar on my leg from where i fell when i was young on a pool thing and i look at that scar now and i can remember the event it was a horrific event and uh, it, it cut deep into my thigh and they rushed me to the hospital and Now, I don't remember there being any lanocaine or numbing. I just remember them going in with that needle and me screaming and how how painful it was and blood everywhere and the trauma of it. Uh, I'm 53 now and I can look back at my leg and I see a scar, but there's no pain. So I remember the event, but the pain that was associated with that has been healed. And that's possible for everyone, whether you've gone through abuse, abandonment, divorce, brokenness, um, whatever the situation is, uh, because the enemy does come to steal, or kill and destroy, but God did come to send us abundant life. And that's possible um, to have that and to get to that side, and not just to be whole yourself. Paul, the Apostle Paul, said that God does this work in him. And he he leaves it kind of there, because I think we always talk about God doing this work through us. But it's not like God just wants to use our life. Like, here, you're going to go through all this, and I'm just going to use you. So, no, God God loves us. He's a God of real relationship, and he cares about you so much that he numbers the very hair on your head. I mean, that's pretty wild to me that that I would have anyone (laughs) that cares for me like that, you know? And it's a real relationship you can have. But then what ultimately happens, whatever is in us is always going to come out of us. And that is just the natural input-output of life, the rhythms of life. So, yes, God does this work. Yes, we, there's a work done in us. And uh, then it, the natural outflow is it's done through us. Because what's in us ultimately comes out, whether it's that seed of bitterness and hurt and offense and wounding, or if it is that your portion is peace and joy and overcoming and restoration and goodness and mercy and grace. And that's what I want the reader to know. That's your something greater. That you don't have to stay stuck in a season, stuck in a bad moment or hurtful or painful place
0: in your life. Right. You know, uh, you, you brought up that, that, whoa, you know, when, when I first read that, I said, does God intimately love yeah. me that much when I don't even know how many hairs are on my head and he does. Yeah. Isn't great? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although some men out there may say that they do know how many hairs are on their head. But <laughs> 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 um, so I'm, uh, I'm with you right? Well, you know, Here at Real Talk, we love and support the president, and I encourage, as a matter of fact, prayer for him on each show. Now, one of the greater things God has done in your life is first making you a friend of Donald Trump and then a spiritual advisor to President Trump. And now you officially work as advisor to the Trump administration's Faith and Opportunity Initiative. How did it feel for that door to open for you? Well, you know,
10: 18 years ago, and I'm, I'm so honored. I'm doing this on my personal capacity, and it's such an honor to be a spiritual advisor and to be his pastor and to be there for the family and for so many and to serve um, our country and to serve in the areas that God has allowed me to serve in his up. Uh, pretty mind-blowing and and very humbling, honestly. But 18 years ago, people always think, like, this just came about or this was a political move or something. Not at all. The last thing I thought I'd ever do was politics. (laughs) You know, I (laughs) was like, and I really don't even consider that I do politics. I do people, and I love people. And 18 years ago, then Mr. Trump was watching me on, on television, and he called up and I, they said, Mr. Trump's on the line. i go, like, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, right. <laughs> so like, it's like the first year of The Apprentice. If I was watching it and had time at that time in my crazy life, I would have been like, yeah, you're fired, you know, whatever. <laughs> and we were just having fun. They're like, for real, he's on the line. So sure enough, I get on the line and that distinguished voice says, you're fantastic, you've got the it factor. I said, oh, sure, we call that the anointing. And he began to almost verbatim repeat to me three of my sermons on value of vision mm. i thought to myself he listens better than most of my congregation and it was just one thing led to another he began to open up to me about his life how he's confirmed presbyterian his mother who was a strong christian woman a very very godly woman who prayed and um you know that's where he got his flamboyance from that's where he got his uh A lot of his backbone got his business side, obviously, from his father. But the formation of his life was very important and how he'd go to Sunday school and Saturday school and then went to Norman Vincent Peale. And he started telling me all the sermons of Dr. Peale and how he was there until the day, literally, that he retired when he was 95 years old. And that's an important aspect for people to know about our president because they begin to... Understand him more and more, and so I love, and I'll wait for people to get the book. I won't give it all away, uh, because I do tell so many of those the human stories that not just the sound bites that people try to form this personality or think they can understand who he is, especially in the type of uh, toxic media world that we live in now. Right. Um, it's just it's I've never seen anything like it, and I've lived a very public life for a long time. And I have the privilege of telling the stories that help people really understand uh, who he is as a man, as a father, as a boss, as an employer, as a friend, um, where he is with his faith. And so I I love sharing those sides, and um, it's just an honor to serve God, to serve people, uh, to serve our country, to serve our president, and um, it's, it's been a tremendous blessing, and that is something greater. I do this, you know. People are like, "Oh, she's on taxpayer dollars." Not at all. No, not um, most people don't understand what a special government employer employee is and don't receive any pay for this. I didn't do it. It's to me a decision that I made. People are like, "Well, she's getting this for that." Not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. It's been um, a a price um, that some people would say has been tremendous loss in many areas, um, but. In other ways, it's been the greatest gains because I think one of the greatest things we can do with our life is serve others.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, for one, am glad that you're there and an influence. Well, look, the great news about your story is it's not about broken pieces, but about how God took those pieces and made something beautiful, something greater with them. That's because he had a purpose for you from the time you were in your mother's womb As he does for each one of us. Am I correct?
10: Absolutely. And that's what I encourage every listener that somewhere in God's story through this former messed up Mississippi girl that's why I call it a so funny. She because he doesn't write it to me he writes it to all of us yeah. so it's uniquely he writes he's got a letter for every listener right now tuning in Audrey and it doesn't just land there you know I'm flying on a Southwest flight and I meet my husband orchestrated by God himself 37,000 square feet in the air I'm married to Jonathan Cain who <laughs> plays with the famous band Journey don't stop believing folks so you know <laughs> Never stop believing, and uh, my son, whose birthday is today, happy um, birthday! <laughs> you know, just I'm so blessed. He's that that attic atheist academic son is now one of the greatest uh, voices. Probably, he's a phenom. I mean, just what God has done in his life. How awesome. Uh, lots of prayers. Lots of prayers as a praying mom. Um, and I was the product of a praying great-grandmother that I had no idea about. Um, I tell all of that. So your prayers go, are never unanswered. might not be on your timeline, but God is a faithful God. And it's not without struggle, but He is faithful. And I have two beautiful grandchildren, a little Asher and Nicholas. And, you know, just to see what God's done, yes, I get to serve uh, really the world and do it in a, a tremendous capacity, and I'm surrounded. I say, I've been married before. Uh My ex-husband is, you know, there's still, people like to create stuff like there's all this animosity. It's not. You know, we just went through a really difficult time that was um uh, detrimental to our marriage, and uh, he has his own story and testimony, and I have mine, and and I say I, I have been married, and unfortunately, neither one of us were equipped or really good at at doing that. And um, but God has restored me, and I have a man that loves me. That I, for the first time in my life, and this is no, not a, you know, sometimes you just do the best you do at each stage. So this is not a slide on my ex, but for the first time in my life, I have a husband. And know what it is to really just be unconditionally loved. He prays over me, cooks for me, buys me some cute shoes. I mean, <laughs> this is such a. Oh, <laughs> that's I'm great! I'm telling you, you got to see Chef John. Last night he made me re- Moroccan chicken. I'm like, hey, dude, whoa! We, and we just, you know, it's amazing what God has done and um, restoring and the things that really matter. At least in my life and to me, and living in that place of just peace and contentment and. Uh, joy and love and i'm surrounded by that and that's as good as it gets to me that i can give my life to service for the lord and for others and be surrounded by people who really love me and um, help carry out my purpose in life and and as i serve theirs so it's pretty cool. And there's lots of crazy stories in there, too. I talk about oh. Kid Rock and Michael Jackson and, you know, being in the inner city. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's laden with a lot of stuff that they say is a page-turner.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. I couldn't put it down. And, um, well, where can the listeners, this is the most important question, where can the listeners follow and support your brilliant work and purchase your books, including Something Greater, Finding Triumph Over Trials? Where can they do that?
10: Of course, they can get it on Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble. I'd encourage them to order that right away. And then follow me. You can go to the website at PaulaWhite.org um My Facebook, social media, Instagram—you know—make sure you look for that blue check. There's always some those fake accounts popping up and stuff, but you'll see it because you'll see the live events and the numbers are there, and et cetera And that blue mark. And um there's people can get as involved with the you know things as they want. I have special prayer groups. Whether that they want to pray over the president, we have one voice. Uh, a prayer movement, we also, which is where many different streams of people come into one river praying, or if they want to um, get a daily devotional through Paula White Ministry, then get that, or, you know, want to be part of a a prayer group or service or power night or get on. I mean, there's just so many aspects or, you know, and I I encourage everyone pray for our president and the first family. Uh, We're commanded to do so according to first Timothy chapter two, verse two. And so, um, Great things are actually happening.
0: We just need more stations like yours to get it out there.
10: Maybe that's another program.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And listen, listeners, it's Christmas time. You have friends and family that are hurting and they can't talk about it or they don't feel they can talk about it yet. Well, hey, this, not only should you grab one for yourself, but grab them as stocking stuffers. You want to give them a new year full of hope? This is the best way to do it. And, of course, I will have these links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com. Click on the honor button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Paula just shared. Thanks so much, Paula, for sharing your incredible story and your wisdom with us. Will you join us again on the show? Yes?
10: I, I would be honored to Audrey. You're just such a blessing, and uh, great to share with you guys. And uh, just pray that you have a wonderful Christmas and enter into 2020 with just the best best years of your life ahead of you, with something greater. There you go. (laughs) That's
0: great. Excellent. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Amen. We're gonna take a quick break right here, but stay right there. Up next, Jerome Corsi will be with us. So don't make a move. We'll be back in a flash.
10: Hi, this is Marion Ross. So lovely talking to my friend Audrey Russo. And I want you all to go and buy my new book, My Days Happy and otherwise you'll read the good and the bad about it. And it's been so much fun talking.
6: This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5-0.
9: Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. A Saudi military officer is the suspect in a deadly attack at a Florida naval base early this morning. Officials say the Saudi Air Force officer, who was an aviation student at Naval Air Station Pensacola, opened fire in a classroom, an attack that ended with him and three others dead.
3: It's a horrible thing that took
9: place. President Trump says Saudi King Salman called to offer condolences and the kingdom's anger over the officer's actions. Was it terrorism? We're not going to report on that yet, but we'll be talking about it very soon. Officials at the historic Florida Panhandle Base say 12 people were hurt in the attack, including two sheriff's deputies. It came two days after a sailor at Pearl Harbor killed two civilians and then himself. Sagar Magani at the Pentagon. The U.S. Navy sailor who fatally shot two people at Pearl Harbor before killing himself was unhappy with his commanders and had been undergoing counseling. Gabriel Romero, 22, also faced non-judicial punishment, which is a lower-level administrative process for minor misconduct. used his two service weapons in the attack. Good economic news today. U.S. employers added 266,000 jobs last month, the most since January. Monthly hirings also picked up since earlier this year. It averaged 205,000 for the past three months, up from a recent low of 135,000 in July. These numbers are squelching fears of a recession. PNC Financial Services Group Chief Economist Gus Fauchet says the report shows consumers are in very good shape.
1: The job market is very good. We had a small decline in the unemployment rate. Uh, We've had uh, wage growth of about 3.1 percent over the past year. So we have more people working. They have bigger paychecks. Consumers are in excellent shape. This should be a good holiday shopping season.
9: On Wall Street, the Dow by 337 points, the Nasdaq rose 85, the S&P advanced 28, oil up to 5920 a barrel. More on these stories at townhall.com.
6: And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-245-0823. 800-245-0823. 800-245-0823. Call right now. That number again is 800-245-0823.
5: failure is not an
6: option what difference at this point
7: does it make
8: nobody said it was going to be fun This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. of this world so we live on the run It happened before
6: it will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have.
3: Hello, this is Chris Mitchell, the Bureau Chief for CBN News in Jerusalem, and the author of the new book, ISIS, Iran, and Israel. And I'm so glad you're listening to my
9: friend, Audrey Russo, on Real Talk.
0: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Here's the question. Was there Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election? Well, my next guest says yes, but it's not what you think. And although little is being said by the media about our southern border, we still need a wall. Is there a viable solution? but well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest. For my new listeners, Dr. Jerome Corsi, a Harvard PhD, has served as Washington Bureau Chief for infowars.com. Dr. Corsi also worked for 12 years as a senior staff Reporter for World Net Daily since two thousand and four, Dr. Corsi has published over twenty books, seven of which were New York Times bestsellers. Two of this is Russian propaganda.
11: <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to be this is this is through the Looking Glass, Alice in Wonderland <laughs> type reasoning on the Democrats, and and I guess facts don't mean anything. But it's been well documented that in two thousand and sixteen, there was this Democratic National Committee operative, a consultant. Her name was Alexandra Chalupa, C-H-A-L-U-P-A, and she approached the Ukrainian ambassador to the United States in Washington, and she did it with the assistance of a CIA operative whose name was Eric Charamilla, C-I-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-A, the Italian name, Chiaramilla, mm-hmm. and Chiaramilla happens to be the whistleblower. Now, what they did in two thousand and sixteen is they asked for dirt in Ukraine on Paul Manafort. And in fact, it was dug up in for them in Ukraine mm-hmm. with the assistance of then President Poroshenko, who was a Obama Soros candidate. It right. was put in power after a coup d'etat that the State Department in Soros organized in Ukraine in two thousand and fourteen. Now, there's a lot of – these are not fortunate facts for the Democrats, but they happen to be true. And they're trying to suppress this truth from coming to the American public.
0: This is unbelievable. So then when you had uh, this this liberal watchdog group, just to give an example, that, that was trying to dig up dirt on Giuliani and it backfired uh, because it ended – the, the uh, State Department ended up releasing – detailed accusations of corruption against i'm laughing against the biden's um yes is is has Barr seen these documents oh yes
11: i mean first of all look the biden corruption is massive and it goes back to 1972 and involves the whole family i mean biden was getting his brother and and his son into deals going back to when they were riding amtrak when he was a in congress and he got hunter biden and you know, his, his, deal after deal after deal after deal so when this watchdog group that was trying to get dirt on giuliani did a FOIA request to the state department asking for documents about ukraine the state department did 100 pages of documents which included very detailed uh and documented discussions of how ukraine was investigating hunter biden for corruption with burisma And so it backfired. But the truth is, even political reported this in 2015 when they were trying to prevent Joe Biden from running for president because the left had picked Hillary Clinton as their, uh, as it were, already canonized pre-choice. You know, she was already, you know, they just wanted a canonization. They wanted a ceremony, a coronation where she was going to be queen. They'd already picked her. (laughs) And so they wanted to destroy Biden. In 2015, Politico, which is a leftist publication in Washington, was exposing the Bidens and doing everything that today the Democrats are trying to say there's no there there. Uh, The Democrats have become Baghdad Bob. You know, (laughs) anything they do, there's nothing here to see. But the Republicans, even when there's no crime, you know, this quid pro quo. First of all, it has been part of U.S. diplomacy to expect that we're going to get something from our foreign aid. Of I mean, course. is that unreasonable? No, <laughs> you
4: know, of course you wait know, A
11: couple billion dollars of foreign aid a year, is it unreasonable to think we might want to achieve something with that money? I, I, or that – President Trump might not want to send away another $250 million with a new president in Ukraine when he knows Ukraine's already stolen about $3 billion of USA that just disappeared.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in 2008, you wrote the book Minutemen, the battle to secure America's borders, and you have solid solutions for a border wall. Would you expound on that for us?
11: Yes, I've been at this for a long time. I mean, close to 15 years working on the border issue. The solution is a product called TerraBlock, T-E-R-R-A-B-L-O-C-K, and it's made by a company called HESCO, H-E-S-C-O. There's a lot of videos, you can see the product by just searching TerraBlock and HESCO. The, the GSA supplier of the product, a company, Provengo, came to me and they said, well, we've got a solution that the military is using all over the world to protect our troops, but it's a little out of the box, I think it'll work on the border. And so they asked me to get it known. I looked at it and I said, I will help you do this because TerraBlock is a product that's for rapid deployment of U.S., protecting U.S. military when we deploy them overseas. It's a modular technology. It's produced in units. They flat pack it. They drop it on the terrain. It can be assembled in place. It can be a wall as tall, tall as 16 feet tall, but it's made of, modern materials the steel mesh you can see through it but you can't get your fingers in it you can't scale it it's got spring mechanisms in it it has a perimeter defense system in it so that any vibrations or motions can be detected reported to your central command it it is a some of the videos if you watch them this TerraBlock product they take a a truck, you know, six or seven ton truck, and they run it at 50 miles an hour of this TerraBlock, it just absorbs them. Uh, the product is very unique in design. It's, the military is using it all over the world. It protects power grids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mil- Anybody who's been deployed will know the name HESCO. The Department of Defense has used HESCO for years. And we're trying to get now the Department of Homeland Security and the White House to understand the product. Right. But when you look at it, you assemble it, and you fill the back end of it, with dirt, which anchors it. You don't have to build these deep foundations. And yet it's solid. It has absorption technology. You can't get through it. It's anti ballistic. You can't blast through it. You can't climb it. And it works. It protects our military in combat zones. The current steel barriers, 30 foot tall, up to that tall, are going to cost $22 billion to put into place. And we could do them at six miles six miles a day, right. there are 1,350 miles of the border unsecured, no bo- no barrier whatsoever. People don't understand that. No. That'll take more than four years to put the steel wall in, and it'll never happen. Right. HESCO can put this Terra Block on the border by election day, wow. have it in place, have it assembled, have it functioning, at a cost of under a billion dollars. Wow. Now, Trump has got that in the budget. And if you'll just go look at the videos, T E R R A B L O C K, it's TerraBlock because it's earth filled and it's, it's this technology that is current age technology that is actually a perimeter support systems, perimeter defense for our troops in combat zones. Right. So, you know, when you look at it, you say, well, you know, that, I should be able to climb over that. Well, you can't. Oh, I should be able to scale it. Well, you, you know, the spring mechanism, I should be able to drive a truck. No, it's designed to be able to withstand all this. It's movable and it'll go in the rugged terrain because HESCO has got this suite of TerraBlock products. And so they the engineers of HESCO will come out and they'll survey the mountains and the rivers, the Rio Grande in Texas. And they'll say, here's the mix of products we're going to put in this tough terrain. You can't put the 35-foot wall on the tough terrain. Yeah. And it's really – I try to say, you know, Audrey, when I first watched television, it was a little tiny black-and-white TV as a kid. Right. And today I'm watching high-definition TV on my cell phone. We don't need a wall of China to protect the border. Right. And if we had one, the Democrats would tear it down. <laughs> yes, What exactly. we need is something that Trump, President Trump can put in now – that the military needs it understands the army corps can assemble the border patrol can interact with and work with the, the this perimeter defense electronic system you can't tunnel under it cuz the vibrations will be heard
7: uh-huh.
11: you know it's really been proven and if we need to put it with eminent domain on land that's owned privately on the border we can take as little as we need to put this terra block down protect the border And yet then when we get rights to the private land, we can put position it exactly where we want it because it's movable. You can move these units around if they're destroyed by a vehicle runs into them and you've got to replace them. You replace the units that were damaged. It's a, you know, when we're sending the U.S. military to Syria or wherever, you know, Iraq, Iran, anywhere. I hope we never send them to Iran or anywhere we send them. Yes. You don't have a year to put the perimeter defense in for their encampment. Right. Tesco gets the order and they get there. And in a day they can have the encampment put up or a couple of days. And that's what you need on the border. We need something now. We've got a drug war going on on the border. We've had these massacres of these Mormon families. We're getting the drug war spilling across the border. Uh, I've sponsored families. From El Salvador, we have a family living with us now that we've sponsored for, you know, we just brought over, we'll be able to, uh, I like legal immigration, Yes. but I don't want the criminals, I don't want the drug cartels, I think we need to secure our border in order to protect American lives on the border, Yes. and uh, that's my priority, and this terror block, we just got to get the solution in front of President Trump so he understands it. It's a little bit out of the box. Because I'm not saying we're at war with Mexico, but we need to apply a military technology that's proven, yes. patented, fully in place. It's being deployed, or used around the world today. Power grids, military establishments, um, Hesco has barriers. They do flood control. Anybody who's worked in the, you know, civil control of of flood zones has seen hesco products it's well well known in the professional government military categories it's not known in the border as a product because it's not a you know you think well we need a wall so you think about these 35 foot barriers they can be cut through you know they're, they're not proven current technology they're what you think of first top of the head idea is let's put in a big wall you know let's put in let's put in you know, a moat with alligators and let's, you know, right. have cannons at military. <laughs>
0: right, exactly, yeah.
11: What? That's not going to work. <laughs> no. It's never going to happen. We'll never be able to put twenty-two million billion billion because the Democrats will never let it happen. If it takes four years to put this wall in place, it'll never be built. Right. Donald Trump needs a solution. And I'm urging Americans to go look at TerraBlock and HESCO and see that when I'm I'm posting it on Twitter every day, it's you know it, it's at Jerome underscore Corsi. I take on very few on Nation dot uh, our sponsor is Swiss America. They they sell festival uh, medals. Uh, I'm sponsoring them, and you know that's part of their advertising on Corsi Nation. My only sponsor right now, and I'm working as under a contract to get Hesco known. And I'm making no about hiding that at all. It's, everything's out front. Sure, but at the same time. If you'll look at the product, TerraBlock and watch the videos, the videos show vehicles being slammed in. They show the Army Corps in the field getting these packs and just unloading them one after the other, these HESCO TeraBlock units, and assembling them within a matter of hours. Everything comes, just pop them up, put them together. Look at the steel mesh design. Read the technical specifications. If you go to... Hesco, H-E-S-C-O dot com backslash Terrablock, T-E-R-R-A-B-L-O-C-K. You can see the different components, how these units can be built in different heights, different sizes, depending on the terrain, how they can be fitted to the terrain. Read the technical specifications. You know, it handles a vehicle of such and such a weight at a certain federal specification of being able to absorb the energy, Right. All this is a tested, patented technology that will work on the border.
0: Exactly. And, of course, listeners, you don't have to worry about that because I'm, uh, I'm going to have links for you for for the videos. Um, uh, Jerry, where, please tell the listeners where they can follow and support your excellent work. Purchase your books, Silent No More, and pre-order coup d'etat exposing deep state treason and the plan to reelect President Trump. Where can they do that?
11: Well, CorsiNation.com is my website right now, and that's where we're— And I'm doing, as much as I can, daily decodes of the news, which we are uh, putting up on CorsiNation.com. We're putting them up on YouTube. My channel is Jerome Corsi. I have a Patreon channel. We're also starting to do some book reviews and some in-depth, deep dives on subjects that are just for patrons on Patreon.com. But also free, my decodes are on various platforms. CorsiNation.com lists them all. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the all the usuals that you would expect. Free as as audio podcasts. You can see the video on YouTube or CorsiNation.com. I've been on One American News lately and continue to be on One American News. Fox is moving harder and harder to the left, and it's hard to get on Fox these days. Right. But at any rate, um, that's the best place, and. Thank you for asking. Right now, Amazon is running a special on my book, Silent No More, how I defeated Mueller and his probe by refusing to take their plea deal and was not indicted, broke their whole case. Uh, they're selling now on Amazon.com three books for the price of two, Silent No More. And, cor- and my drone Corsi coup d'etat, the subtitle is uh, the, uh, Exposing the Deep Straight Traitors, and the plan to reelect President Trump, it'll be out early in the next few, early next year, which is right around the corner. And uh, I think it's going to be a very successful book in explaining, take, you know, deconstructing from a criminal point of view how this was really a democratic coup d'etat, treason. They yeah. intend to destroy the Constitution. They intend to take down President Trump. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime And I expose it in coup d'etat as a criminal conspiracy so people can see how, in fact, it was engineered by the Department of Justice and the CIA with the help of foreign intelligence agencies.
0: Yes. And listeners, uh, remember, we're we're now in the Christmas season. And so if you have friends or family that really don't understand what's going on, maybe you don't feel that you can adequately explain it to them. Well, Dr. Corsi can. So uh, I highly recommend Silent No More. And then... Because it's coming out next year, coup d'etat, pre-order it for your family members and uh, th- they will have a great explanation and a great book to start out the new year and as always i'll have those links and information in my after show which is now on the live show page just go to audrey click on the honor button and right under the show description you'll find all the links and info that jerry just shared thanks so much jerry for sharing your brilliant assessments with us will you join us again on the show yes
11: uh, audrey i'm always happy to be with you anytime you ask god bless and uh I love your show.
0: Thank you so much. It's very gracious. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. We're going to take a quick break right here, but don't go anywhere. Up next, Daphne Barak.
4: So don't make a move, we'll be right back. Before I got the opportunity to come to Workshops for Warriors, I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy for five years, had two combat deployments. I got out in August 2014. Things didn't really work out as planned. I had a hard time getting back into the civilian life. I really didn't have a lot going on for me. I had just failed out of college. I didn't have any certifications to transfer over to the civilian sector in the medical field. So I was kind of in a dark place. And once I came to Workshops for Warriors, it gave me hope again. I've earned over 15 nationally recognized certifications in the manufacturing and welding industry. Since then, I've gotten a job offer making really good money, and it's definitely changed my life a lot. And I was in a very dark place before I met Hernan, and this is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Workshops for Warriors, it really saved my life. Workshops
2: for Warriors is a school in San Diego that trains and certifies veterans into advanced manufacturing careers, all at no cost to the veteran. They leave with portable and stackable nationally recognized credentials. Visit WFWUSA.org to learn more.
0: I'd like to introduce you to the Scott Vallely Soldiers Memorial Fund, founded in 2005 by Major General Paul Vallely and Muffin Vallely. Our mission is to recognize and honor our members of the Armed Forces, veterans, and their families for sacrifices made in the service of our country with scholarships, aiding rehab centers, and sending care packages to veterans overseas. Over 90% of every dollar goes to veterans who are in need. Join and support the Soldiers Memorial Fund today. Go to www.soldiersmemorialfund.org. Thank you. Hi, this is
10: Marion Ross, so lovely talking to my friend Audrey Russo, and I want you all to go and buy my new book, My Days Happy and Otherwise, you can read the good and the bad about it, and it's been so much fun talking to Audrey
8: Russo. This is Mr. P., producer of Real Talk Radio, reminding you that the God-given right of self-preservation is enshrined in our Constitution via the Second Amendment. Without this amendment, again, a God-given right, we the people would be totally incapable of protecting ourselves and our families from a despotic and tyrannical government. Which, by the way, is the intended purpose of the Second Amendment. Thomas Jefferson stated that no free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. So, let's heed his sound advice by steadfastly standing up for and preserving our inalienable right to keep and bear arms. Because without it, we will surely become subjects rather than citizens.
1: Now you
3: can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines.
6: 800-452-1075. 800-452-1075. That's 800-452-1075.
4: The Adrian Slate Show.
5: The president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Oh, my God. (laughs) Eric Swalwell, he digital Dutch oven, Chris Matthews. It's amazing. Now, Chris Matthews is trying to say that that little tooting sound was actually them moving a coffee cup on his desk. But I think that was the coffee cup rattling off the desk from the shockwaves of Eric Swalwell's crop dusting. Yeah, Duke Nukem. Remember, this is the guy who said, well, you come with us with your AR-15s. We're the government. We have the nukes. You think you're going to win? Well, Duke Nukem dropping a chemical weapon on Chris Matthews is making the rounds faster than a nasty crop dusting by the guy in the gym who was disrupting the peace while doing crunches the day after Taco Tuesday. I think digital Dutch oven Eric Swalwell, I think he had to throw his underwear in the trash after that one. (laughs)
3: Having an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart. You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices. MyPatriotSupply.com.
4: I tried to plan an exit strategy, but it didn't really work out as planned because you can't really plan for life. With Workshops for Warriors, my future is a lot brighter than it was. It was pretty tough before I came out here, but now I have options and direction.
2: Workshops for Warriors is the school in San Diego that trains and certifies veterans into advanced manufacturing careers all at no cost to the veteran. They leave with portable and stackable nationally recognized credentials. Visit WFWUSA.org to learn more.
3: Hi, I'm Mikhail Vega, founder of Vital Warrior, a 501c3 designed to help combat veterans recover from stress. I'm also the president of A.K. Waters Productions, a military-oriented film production company operating outside of Los Angeles, California. I'm a retired Navy SEAL, having served for 22 years. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Real Talk with Audrey Russo, a good friend of mine, and we wish you a great day.
11: Hi, this is Lieutenant General Tom McInerney. U.S. Air Force retired. If you want to know what's going on in America, listen to Audrey Russo on Real Talk
8: Radio. Thank you. In the age of Islamic terrorism with ISIS sympathizers striking the homeland, the following words penned by Alexander Hamilton could not be more relevant. The best hope we have for... Concerning the people at large, is that they be properly armed. Yes, a properly armed citizenry is the best way to defend the homeland against the dark forces of Islamic jihad that violently seeks to turn America into a Sharia compliant outpost. So, it's incumbent upon we the people to not only reject but to also combat any and all political ideologies and philosophies that infringe upon our Second Amendment rights. Because if we don't, our national model just might become Alahu Akbar. Hi, everybody. I'm Brian Kilmeade with Fox News Channel. You're listening to Audrey Russo on Real Talk. Do not change that dial.
0: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo and you're listening to Real Talk. Rick Gates joined the Trump campaign with Paul Manafort, with whom he had worked for some time. So when the Mueller investigation charged Paul Manafort, they also investigated Gates and eventually Gates took a plea deal. In To Plea or Not to Plea, my next guest tells the story of Gates' very positive experience as Deputy Campaign Manager for the Trump campaign and Deputy Chairman of the Donald Trump Inaugural Committee and the ensuing ordeal that Gates has been put through by the Mueller investigation and why he felt he had to plead guilty to protect himself and his family. And we're going to find out more about this intriguing new book, with its author right now. Daphne Barek is an international interviewer and executive producer providing exclusive interviews for both print and TV broadcast. She has achieved tremendous success by conducting interviews and extending her work to worldwide viewers and readers. Daphne is, as one top TV executive put it, the sole owner of hundreds of exclusive sit-down interviews involving original content so big and unique that it can crash a network television in the U.S. Her interviews include such world leaders as Shimon Peres, Mother Teresa, Bob and Elizabeth Dole, Jesse Jackson, Yasser Arafat, Dahlia Rabin, Fidel Castro, and Benazir Bhutto. Her numerous Hollywood interviews have been with such celebrities as Anthony Quinn, Donatella Versace, Julio Iglesias, Yoko Ono, Johnny Depp, Goldie Hawn, Michael Jackson, Brooke Shields, Oliver Stone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Richard Jifus, and Larry King. But her incredible talent doesn't end there. She is also a best-selling author of several books, including... Saving Amy, Coming Home with the Kennedys, and the upcoming bestseller with Erbil Gunasti, Game Changer, Trump Card, due out this January. And she stopped by to discuss her new bestseller, Hot Off the Presses, To Plea or Not to Plea, the story of Rick Gates and the Mueller investigation. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome to Daphne Barak. Welcome, Daphne. I'm so happy to be with you, Audrey. Oh, it's so wonderful that you're here with us, and I'm very excited to jump into this now. And first, thank you so much for writing such a fascinating book. I absolutely loved it.
12: That's a great compliment. And I didn't want it to be only serious and heavy, although it's a very heavy uh, issue, this political, uh, uh, what Trump likes to call rich on, but also the people who were caught in between, but they were also like very juicy and and funny and a, a, um emotional stories about the good old day that the regate is um recalling you know working for Trump during the campaign and there being the number two at the helm of the inauguration, so you know you can laugh, you can cry
0: um. It's a mixture. Yes, it it has it all. You know, we've all heard the names of many of Trump campaign people in the news for the past two and a half years. Carter Page, who I know, George Papadopoulos, and and so on. But you've written about a man the general public knew little about, Paul Manafort's number two man, Rick Gates. So, So, Daphne, how did you meet Rick Gates?
12: Good question. Actually, the president asked me the same because we're friends. It happened uh, in 2016 when Eric Trump, you know, the family has been a long-time friend, emailed me and um, they wanted to ask if Bill and I would become two of the delegates. As you recall, Ted Cruz, uh, for some reason, decided not to accept what the majority of the Republican Party wanted. And although Donald Trump nailed the votes needed to be the party's nominee, he was trying to play with the delegates and buy the votes. And so Trump basically asked from friends like us to become delegates because nobody could buy uh, my husband or my, or my vote for lunch or a, hotel, a night at the hotel. So Eric introduced, this. he sent me an email, said so Daphne meets Rick Gates, is in charge of the delegates. Rick meet Daphne. Uh, you know, um, I've told you about the long time and special friendship um, between Daphne and the family. And that's it. We didn't become friends or anything, you know. It just was like routine, a few phone calls. Uh, we really met each other the first time when he was um, the, uh, the deputy chairman of the inauguration. One of the Trump family members suggested I would go and check out the Trump Hotel in D.C. You remember, Audrey, that at that point the hotel was very new. Yes. And uh, I took my brother and my husband and we decided to and the New Year's Eve there um, so it, um, the hotel manager Mikhail was just uh, looking at the New Year's Eve as a, a dress rehearsal for the inauguration he was trying the balloons and everything we had like five uh, five courses the meal uh, and then you know Ryan Priebus another was there and as I'm walking down the stairs uh, late at night uh, some people are sitting there and they're working on the speech for the inauguration working on all kinds of things and one of them I knew three, fours all jumped and hugged me. And the fourth one that I didn't know, looking up, said, we spoke so many times on the phone. My name is Rick Gates. So, uh, of course, we connected. And then, you know, uh, we were staying, uh, my husband and I, with the family, with the Trump family and friends at the Trump Hotel during the inauguration. So we all bonded together. And, of course, Cherique, um was working with our friend Tom Barrack, who was the chairman of the inauguration. They were running around. We, and then we stayed in the hotel very often. Uh, and uh, Rick was staying there because he was uh, starting at that point, America First Park with Nick Ayers and Brett Perskell. Brett is also a friend. So we were all, you know, bonding together, bumping into each other. Mm-hmm. So we became better friends. And then, of course, one day, um, he, they, you know, Friday they started this uh Many rumors that, oh my God, they're the first two indictments of the Robert Mueller investigation. And if you remember, Audrey, everybody in the political arena was buzzing, who is it? Mm -hmm. Uh, We flew, my husband and I, we took the red eye from San Diego to D.C. on Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And the indictments were about to be announced on Monday morning. And I remember... uh, Then Congressman Daryl Aissa was flying with us, and we were just debating who, I mean, he thought it was Mike Flynn, my husband thought it was Paul Manafort, none of us thought about Rick Gates, right? Right. And funny enough, Rick Gates did call me Sunday, that Sunday that everybody was buzzing. It was a very blissful uh, wedding for him, and um, it was a blissful weekend, his younger brother was getting married, they're a very united family, and he thought everything was wonderful, but I guess he had a premonition. He called me, asked me, do you think, who do you think it is? I said, well, what do I know? I guess as good as yours, but I would assume it's not you because I never read at your house, right?
7: Really?
12: Little did I know that his name was all over the email that they found from Paul Manafort, and I didn't understand they had such a, a, an agenda. So basically, uh, we even decided to meet the following day, for like Monday at 5 p.m. at the Trump Hotel with another friend of ours. Eric Bernstad, who is the son of our ambassador in China. That's it. And in the morning, we come to the Trump Hotel. The manager is receiving us. I'm going to the shower. And suddenly, my husband is screaming from the other room, it is Rick Gates. <laughs> and I went out and I saw like this big, uh, you know, headline scrolling on the <laughs> on the screen saying, Rick, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates are entitled And I look so. I was so shocked that I said to my husband something so stupid. I said, "I guess we don't have a five pm meeting," (laughs) (laughs) as that was a. And the last thing I want to tell you about this day, it was terrible because um, Paul Manafort was not part of. uh, I mean, you know, he was uh, he was fired after four months, as Trump uh, correctly said, and you know, he was fleshy, you know, the fleshy jackets and everything. He wasn't part of us, not the Trump friends, but not also the people who in his orbit. And I'm sure he's a great guy. Just You know, Rick had, has this um, ability to be in the shadow, not to be seen, but to be very likable, you know, not to steal the limelight, not to aggravate people. So he was very liked at the Trump Hotel. He was there. It was like his home. Uh, so he was part of the orbit. All of us knew him. And they, that morning, he was not at the Trump Hotel. Naturally, he was at, at the FBI headquarters, But he was not at the hotel, but he was everywhere. Because if you know the Trump Hotel, they have these huge screams uh, in the lobby. Oh, And my suddenly, we were looking, and all these three, four huge screams show, you know, rigates, you know, whispering to Donald Trump
0: and the big headlines indicted. Oh, my
7: gosh.
12: And, and it was, we were shocked. It was people were, were really taken by shock.
0: It's just—it's stunning the way it happened, and you know. A be, well, besides your history as a fabulous celebrity interviewer, he obviously trusted you that he told you his story, that he wanted you to tell his story. He obviously trusted you.
12: I, and that's very—that's very kind of you to say. But uh, you know, Michael Jackson famously and his family did the only big specials with me and my partner in some special, Elizabeth Murdoch. Yes, the daughter of Rupert Murdoch. And uh, same thing, Liza Minnelli and her sister, I united them, Lona Luft, which right now, by the way, great movie, Audrey. Uh, Judy, I know <coughs> Lona Luft and Liza don't like it. I love it, they were there, but I united them because they didn't speak for a while. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, Amy Weiner trusted only me. Uh, I mean, there are many uh, Eric Clapton and... Uh, gave me a big interview and uh, the mother of his uh, five-year-old who died tragically, you know, falling from the 52nd floor on a high-rise in New York, the most tragic thing, trusted me so much that she decided to give me the footage of her child. So I I take pride in that. But I think for Rick, I'm talking about about his, as far as I understand, he was uh, like anybody else, like Corey and and David, he was keeping notes about nice uh, or emotional or funny Anecdotes from the campaign inauguration, and probably planned to give a to write a book or to give a big collaborate with a big uh, television movie or stuff like that. And and then his whole world collapsed. I mean, when when he was indicted, his life was interrupted. You have to understand that we are talking about a man who was very powerful. This is a guy that, although he was in the shadow and chose not to be be famous. This is the guy that you called if you wanted, like, a better tickets to the inauguration, mm-hmm. or wanted to be invited to invited to the candle uh, light uh, dinner with uh, Trump and Pence uh, during the inauguration week. Mm-hmm. Or you would call if you if you are not connected to the president. You called if you could get your resume to the transition team. So he was very powerful, and uh, suddenly, in one second, he became radioactive. His mm-hmm. phone went quiet. You know. This is a guy who was walking in the corridor of the Trump Hotel always with a phone on his ear. Suddenly, boom, nobody's calling. And at the moment I remember I met with him for lunch, I realized suddenly, the moment which I, I realized how bad it is, is that I asked him for a telephone number, a mobile office senator that I lost. And he's mm-hmm. opening his a Rolodex. And they always say that I miss access. But he had really it's quite similar numbers, the numbers that everybody would love. Maybe not Hollywood and foreign head of state, but definitely in America, he has uh, <laughs> the best politics possible. And he's looking for the number, and so show, he's showing me this general, this senator, this that this. And he suddenly looks at me and says, but I cannot call anybody. Could you imagine
0: this moment? Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, I wanted you to share about the plea deal that Rick Gates was given and why he decided to take it.
12: And that's the reason I wrote the book um, because yes. when I when I went into the book, you know, you and I have heard about many playbills, but we don't know what it is. So I thought it was like probably uh, to, to choose between very two bad choices. Let's say between cancer and AIDS, right? Like who right. wants to choose between
0: yeah, uh, exactly
12: two or two choices like that? When I started to talk with Rick and film with him, I realized that no, if the gov- if you are so unfortunate that the government decided to go against you, you have nothing to choose. They already chose for you. And if you're not if you're not going to choose what they decided for you, they are going to come with double and triple charges until you break down. Thank and goodness. for Rick they, you know exactly why they indicted him. Because they wanted him to flip against Manafort, and of course they wanted Manafort to flip against Trump, right?
7: right? I mean,
12: so they needed to start from Rick because they realized, they they thought he would be the weak bone, which in a way they, they were right. I mean, and I'm not saying it against him because right. I think it will happen to each one of us. They so, knew he doesn't have the millions of Paul Manafort to fight and fight and fight. He has four kids. Three are so young that they don't even know that something is wrong with daddy, right? right. They manage, he and his wife, Brooke, managed to shelter them. Uh, and, you know, uh, they knew that to, to push him, he didn't want to play. At the beginning, he decided to fight like everybody else. I mean, you and I, it would be our initial uh, initial decision, right? Sure. And then he ran out of money. He found out that the judge's uh, decision were not as he... As he thought, you know, and, you know, the financial burden became impossible. And then the, the day he broke down, um, he, it was really the day that they doubled the charges against him in Manafort. And by the way, Audrey, none of these charges have nothing to do with
0: Donald Trump. It's all about
12: what they did in Ukraine. Right. I mean, two two years before they even met Trump. It's
0: crazy. Yes. When you think about what uh, Hillary Clinton did, and I I mean, we can go on and on. The Bidens, and uh, this is insulting. It's insulting to, to Americans that they did this, digging back just because they wanted to taint President Trump. And it didn't work, but... They were trying to off, folks. Um, In fact, let me tell you, um, let me tell you, uh,
12: it didn't work. thank God, because there are people like you and I, and many who are who have, uh, first of all, who have their own judgment, and and they really want, and people who really want to learn the truth. And for yes. that reason, I wrote to or not to plea. But uh, let me tell you what else we did. Um, and Maria Berterama and I spoke about it. Started to speak about it this morning, and I wanted to continue with you because I know your listeners uh, would react as much as her her viewers, and I know you will know uh, how to continue it further. I mean, I'm revealing in this book something really big, which I did share with President Trump, and the only one I told beside him was Kevin McCarty. And um, so basically, they knew. I'm telling you, Audrey, I mean, you won't believe it. They knew, the Mueller investigation team knew around... Summer 2010, around mid-end of June, summer 2010, uh, two, I'm sorry, 2018, that there was no way they could prove any Russian pollution. Now, don't forget, you and I and your listeners, taxpayers, appointed Robert Mueller to investigate officially one thing was there any interference in the 2016 elections, right? Right. Okay, I mean, he had a mandate for related investigations or if he found obstruction of justice. But the reason he was appointed is to find out if there was a, a interference in the 2016 elections. Right. So what did he do? There were like all kinds of teams. The way they worked, they had like a non-junior team, a jarred team, and no, no team spoke to the others, so it, di- it didn't link. Although between you and I, some things that they wanted to leak kicked out. But anyway, <laughs> <Right>. uh, so <laughs> you know that. Yes. But anyway, so so every other, whenever they met with Rick and with others, they would ask, oh, they would, uh, was there any Russian collusion? And by the way, Rick said from day one, no, there was no Russian collusion. And mm-hmm. he might have uh, lost his plea deal because, of course, they wanted him to say that, yes, there was. Right. But he said, no, there was no Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. He was very strong about it. But suddenly, around June 2018, they stopped asking and they started to talk to, to Rick and the other about inauguration, about uh, Michael Cohen, about uh, uh, Tom Barrack, if he tried to, to uh, you know, uh, bring himself business from overseas, which, again, they couldn't prove anything. But the investigation moved to completely different areas that I understand that some are still... Uh, um, uh, being looked at by the Southern District and the Eastern New York, right? But right. Uh, so they, they they left alone the uh, Russian collusion topic, right? right? That means that they actually knew they already concluded that they could not charge uh, anybody next to Trump with Russian collusion. What did we have four months later? The midterm election, November 2018. Right. Now, most of the country, which is which is you watching CNN, MSNBC, but even Fox News, we were, we were all. What do we know? What's happening in this investigation? We were under the impression we were getting leaks and tips and everything that, oh my God, Mueller is coming and and he's going to charge somebody with Russian collusion. He has. You have no idea what Mueller is coming with, right? So when we went to vote on November 2018. I'm sure some of us, you know, not the base who, who loves Trump anyway, and not the people who hate him anyway, but there are people who, you know, what we call um, the people in the middle, that they are affected by, by uh, facts and by the news cycle. They went and voted thinking that, oh my God, the Mueller report is going to come. There would be very bad news for Trump. And as you know, the Republican lost the election. Right. So when I said, I told the president, he he knew, of course, that they knew it early, but that was a fact. You know, if they stopped asking the people involved, the key witnesses about the Russian collusion, from a certain day, that means that they concluded. And he, of course, uh, uh, was very, very angry to hear about it. And uh, Kevin McCarty screamed at me like, you know, we're friends with the president. He said, hey, Daphne, but that's why we lost the midterm election. I could have been instead of Nancy Pelosi. And, of course, naturally... We wouldn't have all this uh, impeachment inquiry and all that. Now, can you and I prove that that's why the Republicans lost the midterm election? No, no but, but we, it's, yeah. it makes sense that many people didn't go to vote or didn't vote for, uh, for um, Republicans, which in their mind is voting for Trump because they thought that, uh, because, because we were not told. And my question mm-hmm. is, why weren't we told?
0: Right, exactly. Uh, by the way, tell Kevin, hold on, 2020 is coming. He'll be, he'll be speaker. <laughs> um, now you have some. That's
7: a good one. Yeah. That's a good one, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're ensuring that he's going to be speaker because, uh, oh, it's disastrous that what they're doing, they, they're doing it themselves. We don't have to do anything. Isn't it nice when when they do things that way? (laughs) They destroy themselves, right?
12: I mean, Adam 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 Schiff coaching a whistleblower. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) isn't it funny
0: how all these at
12: least be smart, at least at least (laughs) or somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody will cause the whistleblower. But don't have your own people do that, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure.
0: With all the leaks in the past, and suddenly they can't leak that name out, huh? Hmm, interesting.
7: <laughs>
12: right. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh and I I guess look, they will come with more gimmicks and more tricks of because course. uh yeah. I don't know why. I mean I mean the problem is is um don't you feel like even if you are a Republican or Democrat and you are chairman of such an Intel committee, you would like at least to show that you don't have an agenda or you're looking yeah. or you're seeking for the truth. But right. Adam Schiff I don't think even Democrats would would argue with you and I Audrey that uh, he has an agenda he's not even trying to look objective
0: no not at all i mean he is he is completely on his on a path and he will not he's not going to he's not going to go awry. and it's amazing it's it, this is you're talking about you're you're talking about the impeachment of a president you don't want to show the american people what you're doing come on yeah really that's that's fine 2020 is coming, and we're, we're looking forward to the majority again in the House. And I have such an important question here. Daphne, where can the listeners follow and support your brilliant work and purchase all your books, including this one hot off the presses, To Plea or Not to okay. Plea?
12: To Plea or Not to Plea As the story of Free Gates and the Moorland Investigation. It's published here by Center Street. Uh, you know, a title of the set, Publishing House, and you can uh, get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads, everywhere, including the stores. Um, so definitely go and get it. Uh, it. It's exactly, I remember when the CBS News kicked it off uh, la- last week, the first day it was out on Tuesday, and, uh, you know, I have a long-time relationship and specials with them, and they thought it would be one of these books, because I'm a friend of the president, it would be very preaching and serious, and they just oh, so, um, and the reporter uh, was so surprised. She
0: told me because she said, you know, I could I couldn't put it down." Uh, listeners, uh, remember also it's the holidays, so hey, you need you need stocking stuffers, whatever you need. This is perfect. So not, don't just buy one for you. Buy 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 gifts. Um, and you also have a website, and you're also on social media. Is that correct?
12: Absolutely. I have okay. a website, okay. I Of course, I'm on social media. And I'm also, my husband and I are doing some speaking engagements right now. We agreed uh, to several Republican clubs. So, of course, uh, would love to come there and sign books. Uh, pleasure to meet uh, readers one and one, you know, and get feedback. So absolutely,
0: that'd be excellent. And of course, I will have these links in my after-show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, dot com, click on the honor button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links that you need—not only to purchase the book, this book, and her other books as well, but um, to be able to. Follow Daphne in her work, which is brilliant. Thank you so much, Daphne, for sharing your brilliant work with us. Will you join us again on the show? Yes?
12: Absolutely. I told you. I'm I'm competing with my husband who is
7: coming down.
0: (laughs) You could both come together. I have no problem with that. (laughs) And until your return to the show, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now.
8: Thanks for listening to Real Talk with Audrey Russo. You can follow Audrey at her website, AudreyRusso.com, where you can find the live show, archives, articles, and much more. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Read her articles also at Liberty, Great Britain, and Barb Wire. Join us next time as Audrey exits Stage Right.